What is happening? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever you're listening to this podcast. Today is Tuesday, May 12th. You are listening to Locked on Spartans. And once again, this episode is powered by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Actually, and I've said this a few times, I'm going to say it even more because once again, I had another banger of a protein part today. Uh, It is better than a candy bar. Uh, Today, I dabbled in the chocolate orange. I think that was the flavor. It was orange cream chocolate. I don't know. It was chocolate and orange, but it tastes very good nonetheless. It was low calorie. It was high in protein. It was fantastic. Anyone else is fantastic? $10 off your order on BuiltBar.com using promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off. Again, just head to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Uh, sorry if I blared out any of your speakers there to start the episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully we'll rectify that here. Once again, guys, uh, Will is not going to be joining us today. He is still with his wife and his newborn son. Uh, it is just going to be me today. No one to save me. No one to save me. Uh, best case scenario here today is that uh, we put on an entertaining show, you enjoy it, and you just go on with your day like nothing ever happened because, hey, this is just part of your daily routine. Uh, worst case scenario, I still feel like is a good case. Uh, I botched this thing. I stutter through everything. I completely bomb and just do absolutely horrible. But really, at the end of the day, that's got to be of somewhat entertaining value to you. So win or lose, we're going to try to entertain you here today. Um, So what we got going on is we're just going to first segment riff a little bit about Cassius Winston. He had a media call uh, via Zoom today. He had a few tidbits, not too much that we already don't know there, but I think it's worth talking about. And then the next two segments, guys, we're going to play the what if game, the what if if game for MSU football in the Mark D'Antonio era. I will explain that further as we get along. But first, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts. All right, so, Cassius Winston, uh, senior point guard. Well, not actually, oh, no, now I'm sad. Graduated point guard now from Michigan State. Uh, I already miss him. It's very horrible. Um, but yes, he did hop on to a Zoom call today with many members of the media, and thank you to all members of the media for tweeting it out so fans like me and podcast hosts also like me can talk about it later on in the day. Um, There's a few things talked about, uh, NBA draft talk, um, the end of the season, how did it go, how was it brought to him, but he did have one tidbit that I did want to get to because, you know, we are getting to segments two and three. We are going to do some what-ifs in those segments But he addressed a what if that I think would have lingered on if he didn't address it, whether he knew that or not. And it maybe wouldn't have been the biggest what if in the world. But you know what? It's just a conversation that personally I think was uh, worth batting down. So, guys, I don't, I don't know if you've read the news lately. There's this uh, virus going around. It's horrible. It's canceling pretty much anything and everything you ever love. Uh, that includes college sports. That includes for the spring season. Uh, the NCAA has allowed a waiver or an additional year of eligibility to those spring sport athletes. And for a hot second, there was chatter like, hey, you know what? Winter sport athletes could get this too. Yeah, they finished 90 
percent of their season, maybe even closer to 100, depending on how good their team was. But yeah, maybe they'll get an extra year of eligibility or could apply for it. And that got people thinking, and I can't blame them. My God, the, the prospect of having a guy like Cassius Winston again for a fifth year. Oh, oh my goodness. Whoa, yeah, sign me up. This is fantastic. This is great. It ended up not happening. But the what if scenario is, is, oh my God, what if they let seniors get another year of eligibility for winter sports? We could Cassius Winston back for another. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, I don't know who in the media, uh, I apologize, but I'm sure they're just a, a strapping uh, gentleman or a lady who asked. Um, it's, would Winston have considered coming back at the fifth year was offered? His quote, I'm reading this off Kyle B. Austin's Twitter account, um, quote, absolutely not. That's all MSU got out of me right there. Okay, that's honestly fantastic just to nip that in the bud. That, that's something we have to linger on Uh over two lawn, and it makes sense, guys. Cassius Winston had a sensational four years here. He played roughly what seemed to be 85 minutes per night the last two years. Blood, sweat, tears, all three literally given to Michigan State. His last, well, really all four of his years, but really in high usage the last two years, starting with the Final Four season. Um, he was not going to come back. And he knows that, and he voiced it too. Uh, he's ready for the NBA. He's ready to get paid for what he does well professionally. Uh, and he did talk about that a little bit. Uh, of course, he wants to be drafted by the NBA team. He thinks that he can make a mark in the NBA. I think that too. Um, it's not any secret that he does have confidence in himself or anything like that. Um, but yeah, he did dive into that a little more. Um, just talking about former guys that have also carved out NBA careers like Miles, Denzel, Draymond. I uh, specifically referenced Draymond being a second-round pick. Um, and I think Cassius knows that's where he's at, too. He talked about his belief that he you know, could potentially be a first-rounder, but everywhere you read, it, it looks like it's anywhere between early second-round to late second-round, and there, there's some places that have him undrafted. Now, I'm not anywhere close to an NBA draft expert, but I do like to think I know what a good basketball player looks like. Um, Cassius fits the bill for one of those. And that'd be crazy to me to see all 30 teams in the NBA uh, just pass on him or 32 teams. I don't know. However many is in the NBA. Um, I can see him being a second round guy. I think he sees that as well. Um, talked a little bit about that. Nothing really too revealing there. Uh, but one thing that was nice to read from him, and this is from uh, the Lancey State Journal coming in hot to you right now once I scroll up to the... Yes, it was Phil Friend from the Lancey State Journal. Uh, we all talk about they did at least go out as champions. And sure, it's easy for fans to say that. It's a nice little band-aid to put over the heartbreak of the season ending the way it did. You just hope that these players can realize that too. And luckily enough, Cassius is one of those players. Um... Just to rattle off another quote here straight from the Phil Friend story at LansingStateJournal.com. Uh, I went out a champion, and nobody can take that away from me, Winston said Monday. Uh, it means the world to me that we pulled it together and won that championship. I don't think you could write the story any better than coming out with the win right there. So I'm definitely proud of my guys, definitely proud of what we accomplished. That was a massive win against Ohio State to really pull off what seemed to be by most people, I'm raising my hand right now, I'm one of those people included, a very improbable and highly unlikely 
bid for a Big Ten title with five games left in the season when they had to bang out five straight wins just and get a little bit of help, too, from other teams to have a shot at sharing the title. They did that. At the time, it's like, well, this is great. That was crazy. They just won three straight titles, and this was the hardest one to get of them all. This is fantastic. But now you're seeing the even deeper meaning behind it is that these guys are going to walk away knowing that it was their last game. Sure, it sucks the season that ended so early. That's a what-if that will, if not top the charts, come close to topping the charts once we do that segment. We'll do a what-if basketball segment later on this week or early next week. But what helps take that what-if away is that the fact that they did indeed win their third straight title. So that's good that Cassius knows that. We talked to Kyle the other day. He knows that as well. Um, We're going to potentially talk to Connor George sometime this week as well. Uh, He's been around the program for all sorts of time, too, as was Kyle and Cassius. So, yeah, that's something that with the seniors will resonate with all of them as time moves on. All right, we're going to be back in a hot second. We're going to do some what-ifs of the Mark D'Antonio era. Now, for segment two, we're going to do what-ifs where if they happened, something great would have happened for MSU. So that's kind of the bitter side of the what-ifs. I understand if you just want to skip through that segment, but really, uh, we dig dig into seven what-ifs that kind of ended in heartbreak for MSU. But hey, we're going to bounce back. We're going to bounce back in segment three, and we're going to do what-ifs where if they did actually happen... Bad things would have happened from SU. So we're going to end on the sweet. It's going to be bitter and then sweet. But hey, in the end of the day, it's all what ifs. But do you know what else is speaking of sweet? Built bar. Built bar. Guys, today, uh, me and my wife did a workout together. She does these ridiculous workouts. And I see the face of God every time we do it because, man, I think my life is coming to a complete end. Every single time I am suckered into one of these workouts. But guys, I had a Built Bar, powered it down 20 minutes before the workout, the orange chocolate or orange cream chocolate. I don't know what it was, but it was good. It was fantastic. I'm not much of an orange and chocolate to guy together, but hey, it was there in the box. I was like, you know what? Let's let's give this a rip. Oh my goodness gracious, it was fantastic. It was low calories. It was high protein. It was low sugar. And it got me through the workout. It's the best I've felt during one of her workouts of all time. So uh, one time for Built Bar and also one time for their $10 off promo. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. All right, let's do the what if limbo in a hot second. All right, before we get into the what ifs uh, ranking, the power ranking top seven of the what ifs for segment two, Uh, just a few things that made the honorable mention list. And even before I get to the honorable mention list, I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, it's no secret that I'm going to miss a few things in this what ifs because there are roughly 6.9 million what ifs that have happened in the Mark Antonio era. I feel it's crazy. Anywhere from, you know, small play here, there, a small flag, anything like something major or a recruiting mess or a college hiring or a college, well, not firing. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah. So if you, if I miss any glaring, what ifs, anything that's just like, Oh my goodness, she had, I, I knew you weren't smart, but Oh wow. You've really blown me away by missing that one. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, uh, Sheehan underscore sports. And yeah, we'll start a dialogue. I'll retweet. I'll be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I missed that either. But yeah, there's a lot of them. I, I know that we're only working with what a 13 ish year window here. There's only 12, 13, eh, sometimes 14 games a season. So really, that's not a large sample size, not as large as basketball would be, perhaps, but still, man, the amount of sheer what ifs here. 
uh, are crazy. So the honorable mentions, um, I felt like the whole 2016 season, there was just a thousand what ifs. So it's really hard to just break it down into one, two or three. And a few of these I will be breaking down into two or three per game. But no, 2016, there was too much going on there. So that's uh, one I just didn't really even touch because, wow, that's just a wasteland of what ifs. Um, What if Arizona State just didn't exist? Uh, that'd be pretty neat, I think, not starting your season with two, oh my god, how the hell did that just happen, losses. Uh, that'd be pretty cool, I think. Uh, what if tailgating lots were open for 12 hours before kickoff, just like the good old days? Uh, I think of the 2014 Ohio State game, the 2015 Oregon game, the 2017 Notre Dame game even, even though that was a loss, and the 2014 Ohio State game was a loss. My goodness, uh, the scene was popping at MSU, popping with the P. Uh, at state, I can only imagine if you tacked on what would have been five more hours on top of those. And uh, last but not least, what if Jay Datbull wasn't married to the rap game? Rap game. What if uh, what if he stuck his commitment to the Spartans in two thousand what thirteen? I think it was. But so, without further ado, let's go into the seven what ifs where if they happened, it would have been great for MSU. For example, uh, the two thousand ten bowl selection comes in at number seven. Now, we talked about this with Kirk Cousins a few weeks ago earlier in the quarantine. Um, Up until 2010, that season, if there was a tie in the Big Ten for the Big Ten title, this is before the championship game, if there was a tie, the team that has gone the longest without going to Pasadena, hey, guess what, guys? You're going to the Rose Bowl. Well, they changed that rule just in the nick of time to kind of screw MSU uh, as they got in a three-way tie with uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State, in case you forgot. Uh, MSU did go 11-1, just one conference loss, and they beat Wisconsin, but they did not have to play Ohio State. Wisconsin did beat Ohio State. So, once the BCS rankings came out, it was Wisconsin headlining it. They got to go to Pasadena for their biannual Rose Bowl loss, uh, and this one was to Andy Dalton's TCU Horned Frogs. Uh, Ohio State went to the Sugar Bowl against Arizona, and MSU had the, had the, just the pleasure of going down to Florida and losing to Alabama by 718 points, I think it was. I don't know. It's one of the three games I turned off at halftime and never turned around to watch again. Um, that was a bad one. So I think that's a safe what if the bowl selection didn't change like that. Speaking of change, uh, number six, I have the college football playoff selection. So MSU before the game against Iowa was number five. Iowa was number four. MSU beats them. So you think, all right, hey, they are, they're going to slip into number four, play number one, rank Clemson. Well, no, that actually vaulted MSU to number three, and that got them a date with number two. You know the rest of this story. Alabama. Uh, so Oklahoma was at three, but they ended their season beating an OK State team just at the end of the regular season because the Big 12 didn't have a championship game at that point. So that's how Oklahoma slides back to four. MSU goes to three. Am I saying that MSU would have beat Clemson if they're ranked number four? Uh, no, no, no. Don't don't put me on the record for that. I'm just saying, it, I don't think it would have been a 37-0 loss, uh, so it would have mitigated the damage a little bit. But hey, that's why it's at 6. We still got to the college football playoff. It was still a great season. Um, do you know what was not a great season, though? Is number 5, and I'm going to try to keep this one short because I could talk for days about this. You talk about a what-if season. How about the 2012 season when there were 5 losses by combined 13 points? 
Guys, this whole season, the one we're just coming off of, the 2019 season, there were two losses that came within 13 points total. How about five combined 13 points? Um, Ohio State beat us 17-16. Uh, with 12 minutes left, Braxton Miller coughed up the fumble. Curtis Drummond picked it up, and my goodness, he's running to the end zone. This is great. MSU is going to take... Oh, they ruled Braxton Miller down on the play. Great. Well, they went to the replay review. They reversed it. It's MSU's ball. But since they blew it dead, uh, you just get the ball at, what, 60-some yards away from the end zone. Uh, MSU did go down. They got their field goal, um, but it made the score 16-17, and that wasn't enough. MSU's double overtime game against Iowa, 19-16. A few what-ifs there. They lost to Michigan 12-10. They didn't even score a touchdown. Michigan didn't score a touchdown, and they still win. Uh, lost to Nebraska. What if they didn't give up two touchdowns in the last seven minutes? Uh, lost to Northwestern, 23-20. What if they didn't get stopped at the goal line twice in the first half? So uh, that's how you get to the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, is you have five losses in that fashion. So that's number five for the what if there. Just the whole umbrella 2012 season. Number four, don't really feel like spending a lot of time in it. I'm sure you don't want me to either. Uh, the 2016 class didn't doesn't implode. What if the 2016 class doesn't implode? Um, yeah, don't want to rehash this. It's not fun to talk about. We all know what happened. If you want to know more about it, go look it up. But yeah, Demetric fans, Donnie Corley, Austin Robinson, Josh Keen, uh, hoo yeah, that did not pan out whatsoever. Uh, that was the star-studded dream team class of MSU. Everything but. Okay, on to number three. Uh, I said we'd get to the coaching thing. And I am at number three. What if D'Antonio shuffles the staff after 2018? What if he looks at Dave Warner and says, Chief, you're certainly not cutting it. Out of here. Bowman, what do you even do around here? Hit the bricks. Staten, thanks for playing. Uh, we're going to go a different direction here on offense. Uh, he didn't. So let's say he does. Let's say fresh blood comes in 2019. 2019 goes a little better than it did. Uh, no disrespect to the pinstripe bowl, but with a roster that talented, you hope to get to a little better places than that. But hey, no, we just shuffled around the chairs in the Titanic, as the old adage goes, and well, we know what happens. Seven and six happens, and it is quite the dud to the end of the illustrious D'Antonio era. But what if he does switch it up? Does he stick around longer? Does he give it a few more years? I mean, I say yes, but then again, maybe he knew this end was coming all along pretty soon, and that's why he didn't. So that's really the the tug of war mentally here is, well, okay, if he did switch it up, he would be here longer. But wait a minute. Maybe that's why he didn't switch it up, because he knew that if not this would be his last year, then the next one would be his last year. So not only do you get higher quality in 2019 if you probably bring on a new coaching staff, or probably have the program in a better place than it is right now. Well, here we are. It is what it is. Uh, number two, number two, number one aren't going to be fun to talk about, obviously. Uh, number two is the 2011 Big Ten Championship game. Today in prep for this podcast is actually the first time I've even like watched a clip longer than 10 seconds from that game. And... There's this, the, the same player in each game, and I feel horrible talking about it because Isaiah Lewis was a fantastic player at State. He did wonders. He was a very key part of that Rose Bowl team defense. Um, and we all know the running into the punter thing. Keyshawn Martin brings the ball down to the three-yard line. But, oh, just kidding. Running into the punter, uh, Wisconsin, you get the ball back. You get to essentially um, run the clock out. 
But before that, it was fourth and six. Four minutes left in the game. Ball's at the Wisconsin 40-yard line, I believe. MSU 40-yard. A 40-yard line on the field. It doesn't really matter because Russell Wilson threw up a Hail Mary ball. Isaiah Lewis, you're so close to the ball. Isaiah Lewis did not turn around. He did not see it coming. So the what if here is what if Isaiah Lewis batted the ball down on fourth and sixth? You get the ball back near midfield, up two points, four minutes to go. Had a good offense that year. Could have scored. Could have put the dagger in. That's all I'm going to talk about that because it's still heartbreaking to talk about even nine years later. Uh, Number one, this is far and beyond. This is a a no-brainer. This isn't a debate. I I will entertain debates with you fine listeners. This is not something I will entertain a debate on, and I don't think you will either, to be honest. But it's the what happened if Notre Dame didn't get 100 flags thrown in their favor in the 2013 game. Uh, That was the only loss MSU season. MSU ran the table in the Big Ten. They were the first team to win every Big Ten game on their schedule by double digits. That was not a fluky team. MSU was legit. They would have been undefeated. They would have gone to the last BCS National Championship game. They would have beaten Florida State, I believe. Um, But... You know what? That's the game of what ifs, and that's why what ifs are heartbreaking, and that is why we're going to turn it around in segment three and try to <laughs> add a smile here to end this podcast because, man, I, I don't like the what ifs that make you think about, God, you know what? MSU could have won that title in 2013 14 season. All right. Well, on that note, we'll be back in a hot second. So, what if Rutgers wasn't Rutgers? That's what I have for number seven right now on the flippity flop side of the what ifs, where if something uh, the other team did, then it would have been good for MSU. Uh, so in two notes, two different occasions, Rutgers helped us out by being Rutgers in the 2015 game, which was a complete nail biter, head scratcher, uh, anxiety addled game. It was horrible. Um, so one time for Rutgers for spiking the ball on fourth down uh, to end the game. Yeah, sure. It was fourth and 20, and they were roughly 50 yards away from the end zone with five seconds to go, I think. Um, but still, that helps that you do spike the ball on fourth down to end the game. So thank you, Rutgers, for being Rutgers. Uh, God bless. Uh, and them lighting up the late touchdown to us in 2018 as well. Uh, that game would be a hard one to live down, but thank goodness Rutgers remembered they were Rutgers at the very right time and let MSU score on what? A jet sweep. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Rutgers. So that is number seven for being the gift that keeps on giving. Number six, we're going to go to a game in 2017 that took roughly seven hours, and that's not an exaggeration. This isn't one of my exaggeration jokes. It was literally a seven-hour game. You know what game I'm talking about. The Penn State rain delay game. MSU gets the ball after Trace McSorley. Incomplete pass. Turnover on downs. Lewerke, it's your time to shine again, bud. What are you going to do for us? Okay, well... Incomplete pass to Cody White, unless, hold on just one second here, what's that? That's a flag for roughing the passer. That keeps the drive going, that puts the Spartans in field goal range, that sends Matt Coughlin out there to bang in the game winner. So, what's the what if? What if the ref didn't throw the flag on the roughing the passer? We're looking at overtime. We're looking at that seven-hour game. Honestly, with the way life was going that day, it probably would have gone into seven, eight overtimes. It would have been an eight-and-a-half-hour game. A lot of fun. But what if? An overtime game? That ain't a guaranteed win. Hitting a field goal at the last second thanks to a drive prolonged by roughing the passer? That'll guarantee a win. That'll guarantee a win. 
This next one, guys, you're really going to have to bear with me here. Um, this is number five. Okay. I'm getting creative here. 2013 Big Ten Championship game. Late in the game. MSU is up three points. 27-24. Um, seven and a half minutes left. Mike Sadler, fantastic game. He had some great punts. He did, however, have one not-so-great punt at the end of the game. 19 yards, shanks it. Happens. That's life. Ball goes out. As you can say, 47-yard line. Ball's at midfield, essentially. Guys, we, we know the rest of the story here. Uh, Ohio State, first down, nope. Second down, nope. Third down, nope. Fourth and two. MSU, 39-yard line. What if Mike Sadler didn't shank that punt? What if he put it pretty deep into the territory? With the time and situation of the game, fourth and two, there's five minutes left. Ball on the 39-yard line. That was a definite go-for-it play. It didn't work out for Ohio State. Let's say the punt gets banged 48 yards, we'll call it. Why not? Sure. Ohio State goes three and out. They have to punt. Okay. Now it's back at our side of the field. We have the ball. Maybe we go three and out. Maybe we turn it over. Maybe something wacky happens. But with the situation, all thanks to midfield position set up by a punt. I told you to work with me here. All thanks to field position set up by a punt. OSU was really forced their hand into going for it on fourth down. We know what happened. We know Braxton Miller got stopped. We know the very next possession. MSU with field position starting once again at midfield because Ohio State went for it. MSU got the ball back. MSU scored. MSU won up 10. MSU won the game. Urban Meyer ate pizza. He was very sad. MSU went to the Rose Bowl. MSU won the Rose Bowl. So that's my number five. What if Sadler never shanked that punt and put Ohio State in position where they were like, yeah, we have to go for it on fourth down here and it not working. Again, I told you to work with me there. I hope I did somewhat of a good job explaining where I was coming from. Uh, number number four, I, what what if game would this be without a shout-out to the Jalen Watts-Jackson game? Um, yeah, okay, the obvious one. What if Blake O'Neill caught the punt? That's a good one. Do you know what else would have been very beneficial to Mr. Blake O'Neill is probably having a, a few more blockers in front of him. What if, number four, what if Jim Harbaugh didn't send out two gunners coming out of a timeout when seemingly the entire Michigan State roster and any fan in the big house that day were lined up on the line of scrimmage looking to rip Blake O'Neill's head off? You don't think you could call in your guys, be like, ho, 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 this doesn't look good. This looks like they're rushing 10 people to the ball right now. No, we'll have those gunners out there to get the imaginary punt returner that's not out there. So thank you, Jim, for your Complete ineptitude in the special teams coaching division. Uh, that's very appreciated because that did lead to a nice Big Ten title. Um, another small, not really a small what's if in that game, but one that's not really talked about too is what if they didn't essentially force a three and out there to end the game? I mean, the defense had to step up there. It was three and out or it was nothing. Well, it was three and out. It was two gunners on the outside. It was 10 players running towards Blake O'Neill. It was a drop punt. It was a win, and it was glory that will forever be cherished by MSU fans. So thank you, Jim. We appreciate you. Number three, you gotta, you guys got to keep me honest, telling me if I'm being too niche here. I don't have will to be like, all right, dude, you're, you're crazy. This really didn't mean a lot. But I do think this means a lot, actually, is what if Michael Geiger didn't get a practice attempt 
on that field goal against Ohio State in 2015. Now, what do I mean by that? Guys, if you remember this game, they tried to ice Geiger. Whistle blows. That was my whistle. Uh, Really quick, they snapped the ball. I believe it was uh, Tabor Pepper. Snaps the ball. Hold. Kick. Okay. He just got a free one-off practice attempt in the horseshoe, in the wind, in the bad weather. Guys, I, I like to think that was a pretty beneficial free kick that he got, essentially. What if... That ball wasn't snapped just for a quick, oh, sorry, sir, we, we didn't realize he called the timeout. Oh, we were going to snap the ball anyway, and Geiger bangs it through the upright. Does he make the second attempt when it actually counted, when it actually sent Ohio State home crying on senior day, when it sent MSU to Indy again in improbable fashion? I think that is a very underlooked what if. I would, I'll try to get Geiger on this. I'm not, I can't promise anything, but I w- that's definitely a question I would love to ask him. Did that practice kick help? It didn't hurt. So that's why that is number three for the what if. Uh, guys, you heard me pimp out that podcast interview with Kirk Cousins earlier, so I got to go back to it for number two. It's the number two rocket. It's not, okay, sure. What if uh, B.J. Cunningham's face mask didn't deflect the ball the way it did? Or what if uh, Keith Nickel uh, d- didn't come to MSU? What if he didn't transfer from Oklahoma? Yeah, th- those are good ones. But how about even earlier in the drive? What if MSU didn't convert either third down play on that final drive? Third and seven. Pass to Le'Veon Bell. That gets you the MSU 34-yard line. Perfect. In even more dire need. It's third and eight. Shovel pass my favorite play in football, to Keyshawn Martin. Now, Wisconsin had a timeout. If they don't convert either third down, on that third and seven play, they don't convert that, Wisconsin gets the ball back with about, like, 120, I think. They don't convert third and eight in the shovel pass to Keyshawn Martin. Okay, Wisconsin, timeout. They get the ball back with about 50, 45 seconds left. No timeouts. But with Russell Wilson, um, yeah, he makes magic happen. So what if they don't convert third and eight? Yeah, you don't get the Hail Mary attempt. You also get the ball to Russell Wilson in crunch time when their offense was kind of rolling at the end of the game? No thanks. So that's number two uh, right there. The number one, guys, uh, over the weekend I was enjoying a few beers. I fired up an old game, and uh, so it might be the recency bias here, but I, I truly don't think it is. It comes down to a play in this game that is widely overlooked. In the 2015 game against Iowa, the one that sent us to the college football playoff Iowa they hit a home run they go up 13-9 okay MSU gets the ball back that drive once again did not work out Iowa gets the ball back they try to crack a second home run CJ Beathard has Matt Vandenberg wide open for a for sure touchdown but Darian Hicks is riding him like a magic carpet, just hanging onto his shirt for dear life. No, please, Vandenberg, don't go any faster. He didn't. Pass was incomplete. MSU got flagged for the 15-yard defensive pass interference penalty. That is the best penalty ever drawn. So the number one what if, what if Darian Hicks doesn't commit pass interference against Iowa? I know what happens. I'm pretty sure Vandenberg catches the ball. I'm pretty sure he runs in the end zone. I'm pretty sure Iowa goes up 20-9. to I'm pretty sure MSU doesn't win that game, and I'm pretty sure that we potentially get a game that was even somehow sadder than the 2011 Big Ten Championship game. So those are my seven good what-ifs to end this podcast. 
Guys, thank you so much for bearing with me on this fine Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Um, I sure had a lot of fun. I hope you guys had fun listening. Once again, I know there are dozens of missed what ifs out there. Please send them my way, uh, Sheehan underscore sports on Twitter. That would be much appreciated. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. We might have Connor George tomorrow. If not tomorrow, then it will be sometime this week or early next week. We are in talks right now to work out a time. So, yeah, we're going to get a second uh, MSU basketball player on the pod this week. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you so much again. And let's just have a beautiful Tuesday. Why not? Let's just give it a try. Let's just go for it. All right, guys, stay safe. Bye.